Thank you for tuning in to Sales and Enablement, the podcast. This week, Jen Gablicki joins Crystal and Dan on the pod. Jen is the head of revenue and sales enablement at Fidel API. In this episode, a couple of topics we discuss are the importance of credibility in influencing people and the belief that tactical experience is necessary to be a successful enabler. Sit back and enjoy the episode, R34. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of Sales and Enablement the Podcast. I am the sales side of things. Crystal, what the heck are you doing here? I am the currently unemployed enablement side of this incredible duo. And I bring all my enablement buddies on which we have one today and I am super, super excited about this. Jen and I have gone back and forth on, on LinkedIn and I really wanted to get her on and, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. So go for it. Love it. Thanks guys for having me here. Thankfully I have both sales and enablement. I live in both worlds here, but I am Jen double N double fun Glabicki. I reside here in Boston, Massachusetts. Nice rainy day here today. And I have a background. I started in sales, started in, in good old pharma sales, and then quickly went to med device sales. So tried to get a, a good background in different types of sales, which was good. And then I wanted to know the, the peanut butter and jelly, right? Sales and marketing go very well together. So I wanted to understand a little bit more about that side of things. So I took a, a marketing role. I've worked in customer experience and customer education through Johnson & Johnson, worked for bigger companies, startup companies. I've done a bit more with enablement. Once I found my niche there, that's where I've been sticking for the past few years and about to join back into the marketing community with enablement. So a uh, little bit about me, but we'll dive into that a little bit more, I'm sure, through this conversation. So thanks for having me today. Yeah, so we noticed that you were with the Bruins for a little bit. I was. My, my <laughs> yeah. condolences on the <laughs> sudden end to the season. Yeah, if you want to talk about my childhood dead dog too, we can get into that. Uh, <laughs> those sort of subjects are off off limits here apparently, but uh, yes, they are not. Yeah, in London and Boston. Pretty. I so for everyone who didn't, you, you didn't hear our conversation before. But Dan called Jen Jessica and asked her if she was from London. So yeah, and and now I'm talking about the Bruins losing in the first round. Nothing to do with my Maple Leafs moving on to the second round, and that we were all prepping to play the Bruins, and then they decided to leave the party early. Yeah, I'm terrible at. I'm terrible. I'm doing a terrible job at making. Jen, feel comfortable and welcome in this podcast. So I'm going to, sh I'm going to shut up. When, when I was working for the Bruins, we beat the Maple Leafs. So we'll leave it at that. So you yeah, but everybody say what you everybody, want, but everybody beat the Maple Leafs. Everybody beat yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'll let you have your moment. Go ahead. Thank you. Thanks. You done yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, you should hear this. He's a Bills fan also, Jen. Jesus. So yeah, being a, I myself am a New England Pats fan. And so Crystal's God, a big Pats, Pats fan, big Pats fan. And the two of us over the last couple of years, since the Pats have gone through their, um, it, 
Oh, grieving the loss of Brady. I know. I'm still grieving a little bit, to be honest. I'm still not over it. But anyway, um, all right. So I there was one thing I really wanted to ask you about because I recently posted something, a poll about about should non-sales roles, and I was really thinking enablement, right? Because I was talking about myself and my role. I said, should non-sales roles give a two-week notice? And I also gave a little bit of why I was asking this question, because there was a time in my life where I was working for an organization. I thought everything was good. I thought this is like, I I knew that they were going to be a little upset that I was going to be leaving, but you got to do what you got to do for yourself. I gave a two week notice and to my surprise, they said, Hey, today's going to be your last day, Crystal. And I'm like, what? I haven't even had a chance to say anything to anyone like goodbye. Like I've kept this under wraps because I was thinking about you and the organization. And I wanted to make sure that I did this the right way. And I'm giving you two week notice. And they said, no, you too bad. We'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll fill out your calendar and no worries, whatever. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm curious. I was curious and out of the 50 responses so far, you and two other people actually picked no. You should not give a two-week notice versus everyone else who was like, yes. And I'm like, did you not just hear my story? So I'm curious, like, why did you pick no on that? Has this happened to you before? Or have you been on the other side? Like, why pick no? I've had both things happen. First of all, I'm sorry. that Because it's, it's almost like I expect the unexpected. You're, we've talked about too. At a bigger company, you're a number, you're not a name. One of my mentors had always told me that. And enablers are, if not one thing, they're always passionate. And we're passionate about what we do. So it's hard not to take something like that and take it personal. Yeah. And I find that to be something that is, geez, I've put so much into this company and then they can just let me go. How can they treat me like a number when I am sitting and trying to affect the sales reps, trying to affect cross-functionally all these other roles and teams? So when I worked at one of the bigger companies that I was with, I got a notice that I was going to be let go and I had a month. So my, my leaving date would have been when I, on my 30th birthday, like great, happy 30th, not to age myself yeah. here. I act like I'm 21 still, but, <laughs> but it was sad. And they also said, if you don't do the work that you had signed up to do, or that we employed you to do you're not going to get your severance package. You have to do this. So it was hard enough because it's like, you want to find another job because it's easier to find a job while you have one. Right. But they also had me going to job fairs that they were running. So they had other roles that they could have put me in and they had two to 300 people externally and maybe five internal people coming. And these internal folks were folks that had just been told they're getting let go. So we're wow. trying to process losing our job that we all loved, but yet also having to tell these external candidates that are hungry, ready to go a little golden retrievers, tails wagon, all excited. Like, that's so great. And we're telling them how wonderful the company is. You should work here. This is amazing. Well, we're grieving the loss of our job. Oh God. That is, oh. So you're prolonging it, right? Whereas there's been other companies that I'm like, no, we're going to rip the bandaid off. It, does it embrace the suck? 
so there's different tactics that I have used. If I know that the writing's on the wall, that this isn't the best fit because maybe it's not a good manager. Maybe the business isn't being run the way it should be. Some of the things that I've done is I will schedule vacation time for during my two weeks. So I'll make sure my vacation time has been approved. I'll give myself a runway and then I'll do a week's notice. Say, here's my two weeks. The first week I'll give the notice and I start working. And then that second week I'm gone. So they have one week to get what they want from me. And then that second week I'm already on vacation. I'm out. And, and it's not to be like dirty dealing by any means. It's genuinely to be like, Hey, I'm going to play nice in the sandbox, but legally you don't have to give a two weeks notice to anyone first check your contracts. Right. But you don't have to do that. There's nothing that says you have to do any two week notice. That's just a courtesy and a night playing nice in the sandbox with the company. Yeah. I love that. Dan, you look like you had something that you wanted to say. Yeah. You're getting revved up over there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's one of those things that we all go through and it's awkward and it's weird. And it's, it's, I mean, I just can't believe that they sent you to a job. That's I like, had to go to them. That, But that's okay. What world are, am I living in? This surely is a simulation. Like where's the cameras guys? Yep. Come on, come on. And, and then you understand that was the company that you put everything into for whatever yep. period of time. And wow. So it's amazing how we all have these types of stories and that this stuff happens. And then I think, and it's just unfortunate. And to your point, to both of your points, it's about knowing what you want, setting your goals, prioritizing yourself above all and trying to keep the balance. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stick to your plan and go with the flow. Cause yeah, the corporate world, it don't, doesn't make sense. And by the way, I think the collapse of the, that we've seen in the last year, it just goes to show that if you think anybody knows what they're talking about, <laughs> you're yes, wrong. Trust yeah. no one. <laughs> no, not something like that. Yeah. It's not that look, everybody's doing the best you trust that everybody's doing the best they can. And then there's this, hopefully if they are responsible for you helping you bring in your income, that they're being somewhat responsible and looking out for you too. Yeah. Not a, and by the way, when you know, you have somebody like that, that you work with, don't give them two weeks notice, stay until the end. Like when no, you have a good yeah. manager, no matter what else is happening. My, my advice would be stay. And to that point too, I always thought to myself, what happens if I let go? What happens if they let me go? And I think of what can I do? Like you look at just enablement in general, what is the enablement community looking like? What are sales looking like? Are people are cutting sales or especially in, in, in the startup world? those jobs aren't as easy to come by. I saw the other day, it was an enablement role. Starting salary for a VP enablement role was $80,000. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, so see, girl. I yeah. Stop being out there right now looking. It's crazy. So in, in that case, I look at it and say, 
broaden your horizons, not just sales. Have you done sales training before? And what I mean by that is like a field sales trainer, that those type of uh, skills can be translated into an actual trainer for the company. Or has your enablement, have you done CS training? Can you become a customer success manager? Set yourself up for success where you can take a leap, be brave. Now's the time to make sure that you can do other things. Does it suck because it's not exactly what you want to do? Sure. Again, embrace the suck. But these are things that I feel like a lot of us need that gentle reminder to give yourself some grace. Like, Crystal, you didn't do anything wrong unless you were in there like banging pots and pans and like just going nuts and, you know, about the Patriots. There's nothing <laughs> wrong that you did. Which is a great excuse. I support that. Yeah, I support it. But, <laughs> but yeah, these are things like give yourself some grace. I didn't do that when I was let go from this company. I took it hard. I complained about it way too much. And rightly, some of my friends are like, Jen, we can't listen to you about your layoff again. Like, I get that now. I look back and I'm like, geez, I talked about that way too much because I didn't digest it. I just kept trying to be tough and they shouldn't have let me go. I was so grateful. No, give yourself grace, move on. It truly, it happened for a reason. And I was able to develop my skills into completely different roles because of that. I love that. Yeah. It was just crazy. It was like, I was, I felt like in the type of person that I am, I wanted to give them enough time to be able to find a replacement for me. And I gave my two weeks and I, I was just shocked that they made that day that I gave my two week notice my last day, which was like, this is crazy. But honestly, lesson learned is that I love your suggestion about the week and then taking the second week using any remaining vacation you may have or any vacation time. And unfortunately, it's, I think, being in the States and our employment laws, which are um, probably the most the third world style than they are first world, it's sometimes you got to just look out for yourself. Thank you so much for that. And I, it kind what you were saying there about thinking about being or taking on maybe a different role than you are. I thought about a sales role. And so I want it because I also was a sales, a sales IC before I became an nice. enabler. Okay. Yeah. So for years, I've, I was actually a sales rep longer than I've been an enabler up until this point. But one question I wanted to ask you about is, because I think this is always such a contentious topic, especially among enablers, right? Is do you think that enable, whether rev, customer success, sales, enablement, do you think that enablers should have the background of the people that they are enabling, whether it's CS, whether it's sales? Do you think that they need to have that background in order to be successful? I don't know if it's necessarily to be successful. It definitely helps drive towards their success, but it, it, I do truly believe they need it in order to resonate with the person they're trying to train, with the person they're trying to enhance their capabilities. The first manager I ever had when I was in sales told me, as your manager, I can't go and ask you to do something if I haven't truly been in the trenches with you because they don't understand what I'm doing day-to-day -day sales, they can just say, Jen, you haven't hit your quota. Why is that? Have you been here to see what I'm running into day in, day out? Those are some of the things that I have a higher respect for. I'll listen more. I'm more easily coached. 
if somebody understands and truly gets it because they're giving me more advice that is more relatable to what I'm going through with challenges. So I think that helps in terms of sales specifically, Dan, I'm not sure what your thought is on that before I I make another point. I'm thinking about football again, and I'm thinking about the role of the head coach, the role of the coordinators and the role of the position coaches, because there's a, and I was going to say, there's a lot of head coaches with no, that never played in the NFL, right? The head coach's job is to be the motivator, to put together the game plan, to manage the coordinators. The coordinators, though, pretty much have all played. But there's been a trend recently where the off on defense for sure, but there's been a trend with these offensive coordinators being more of like stats guys and it's working out. But then you think about who's actually coaching the players, like who is the enablement on a, on a, on a football team? It's the position coaches, and those guys were for sure in the trenches. And I think that a lot of times we do talk about sales compared to athletes, although we're clearly not clearly on a, a, a great comparison, but it, it is. And I think that you do need to know that the person who is helping you get better at one point also was looking to somebody for help to get better and understands what that communication looks like. And that also, there is no answer. There's no, there's no program, there's no coach, there's no manager that can tell you exactly what to do to be successful. It's not the way it works, right? So you just need to trust that the person that is, whose job it is to help guide you and make you better was has felt your pain exactly that it's exactly it dan that's what i was i i I was thinking in my head it's it's that credibility right there's sure i think an 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 enabler can come in and they can build all of these frameworks they can optimize these processes they can just get salesforce where it needs to be a partnership with Reva, but when it comes to actually influencing the very person, people that you need to be influenced, and you cannot influence based on theory. Okay, right. that's like you have got to you you have got to have some real tactical experience with it. In my opinion, like I, if nobody had. To, if not one person had done a job that I was doing and they were telling me and trying to explain to me how they were going to make me better, I would listen. I would be kind. I would be courteous. Don't get me wrong. But here, which is where all every human being is, is moved from this place here. Yeah. If you haven't done what I've done, no, not, not a chance. I'm- there's always an exception. There's always somebody who's going to be so great at their job that is never, whether it's coaching or enabling or managing. Bill so many exceptions, played, but I think. Never played football. There you go. If it wasn't for Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is, we've never even heard of him. <laughs> but by the way, I don't think, I don't think you guys would disagree with me I mean, as Pats fans. I don't think, I think it's obvious. Oh, Jesus. 
No, Honestly, but, but who I've, heard no, of the Bills until like I've, a couple of years I've, ago? Seriously, I probably like, oh, cool. They guy finally woke up. I'm giving props to Tom Brady. Come on, if you had to choose between Tom, if, when you think about the Patriots, are you thinking about Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Come on, I'm thinking about Ernie Adams, the the data guy in the background. That's who I think about. The guy if she's who, being honest, yeah, right, right. That's who well, I think about. Well, I'm about my Bell. night. Just so you know. My nightmares are not about Bill Belichick. They're about Tom Brady. Just so you know. There you go. I gave you a little something. I have you. Good to know. Putting that one in the bank. Good. We got that. <laughs> but we had a great draft, by the way. And we just signed a tackle called Puna. Yeah, we're super. It's a solid name, Puna. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, amazing. It's a. And there are some enablers, Jen, that we've had on that are like, absolutely not. You do not I know. experience. And why do you think they need that? And I'm like, because like you just. It just. It, yeah, it doesn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, it I, just, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And in going back either to that analogy, you think of that too, Dan, that also goes through with the power of buy-in, right? So you have, you think of an athlete. How many people do you think that person has on their team or supporting them between their PR person, their manager, their, what's the guy there? The Tom Cruise, what was that movie there? Was the my agent. His agent. His agent. Yeah. Why? Jerry Maguire. You think of Jerry Maguire? Thanks. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Show me the yeah. money. Thank you. Yeah. Show me the money person. So you've got that. You've got their personal trainers, their nutritionists, like everybody surrounding them because they're bought into that person's success. And the second they start smelling that money, you're going to have more people flocking to them because they're engaged. And it starts with that one person that truly believes in them, usually the enabler or sales manager. And once you get those people working with them, everybody's going to come flocking to them. So again, it's just, and those are people that have either been there, done that, or know it well. And, and that's something that I feel like more people need to start opening their eyes a little bit more to. So True believer in that. I, I probably wouldn't have gotten into enablement had I never done sales. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. So what I wanted you, Jen, is we have about four minutes. And I really wanted to get into enablement. We have seen this craziness in 2023, started last year. Um, but we're now headed into this whole world, right? Dan has been putting out some amazing content around just what what is sales 3.0 and obviously as enablers that affects us and wh where sales teams are headed, where enablement is headed. And we hear so many buzzwords, like so much just out there. And, and sometimes my brain is just like, shut down. Just four minutes. Tell me what's in your mind, what's next for enablement? What do enablers, where should their mind be? Yeah, I want to, I, I want to think of more. You saw the change that everyone, the buzzwords were sales enablement. Now it's revenue enablement. And then you see gamification was a, a big one. Everyone's going to start doing that. Now it's AI and chat GPT and what can you get out of it? So all of these fun things, but I'm starting to think 
you think of sales and maybe this is just because I'm starting to leap more into marketing, but marketing enablement and how you can combine sales and marketing enablement together and start bringing folks into a, a more of a cohesive or collaborative environment. When you think of revenue enablement, it's that enablement across functionally. So I'm looking at that because I just think that when people, like I always integrate in our onboarding, if you touch collateral, you have to go through this sales methodology just so you understand why we are doing what we're doing or why this piece of collateral is needed in this sales stage or in the buyer's journey stages. So that's one thing that I'm thinking about. I'm also thinking too, more in terms of just roles, right? Like the SDRs they're yeah, that's great, but why not just have an AE own that from beginning to end? Why in the discovery phase, the SDRs, are their roles going to continue to be there or are they just going to morph into AEs and just have straight AEs now? Do we think SDRs are as necessary as they have been in the past with the changing environment? So those have been a couple of things that I'm watching and trying to learn a little bit more about. So with Dana sales, you enable it. I'd love to hear some thoughts on those things or what your hot topics are. Go on, Dan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everything. First of all, AI is changing everything, everything. And I don't even, I think a lot of people are sleeping on it because we have been living in these buzz wordy times, right? Remember the blockchain? Remember blockchain? <laughs> <Yeah>. It was <laughs> like, seriously? And so there was blockchain and there was even, listen, even SAS and PLG. And, and SDRs and BDRs, people making up these names for jobs to somehow show that there's growth. And somehow yeah. when you show growth, your company's valuations were 20X, right? The whole thing was just, it was fab. The whole thing was a fabrication. The yeah. whole thing was a fabrication. So I think what's happening now is that AI is real. It's real scary and people are sleeping on it. But I really like, what you said, because what I think is going to happen is it's going to be a lot less jobs. People will, you know, they're, they're, like what happened at Salesforce was that they somehow one day realized 95% of the sales came from 50% of the sellers. So they fired the, the ones that weren't selling anything like that doesn't make sense. Right. But ha it happened. That's what's going to happen with every department. I really like what you said about enabling the marketers, because I think now that the shift has gone to actually having a company that sells something and becomes profitable, focus, I mean, I'm laughing because it's a joke. It's a joke. But to, how do we, the focus has to again go on to how are we selling? How do we enable sellers? How do we get alignment between sales, marketing, product? I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Thank you. Yeah. Don't forget who said it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's been said somewhere. I, I, my one thing is, and it's not anything profound, it should have been done, but I think there's going to be a, a much bigger emphasis on it is enablement is now really going to shift a lot of their focus to enabling sales leaders. Enabling yeah. Oh yeah. Scalable, right? Uh, do, doing more with less. You've got to start with the leaders. And if you get the leaders on board, you get them fully competent, they're killing it, then it's just going to trickle down. 
That's it. You don't need a job, Crystal, with a company. You need that. That's your niche. Um, niche, whatever. I know. <laughs> Anyhow. This was fun. This was awesome. I, I had a blast with you guys. Can I come back, please? I know you're booked up, yeah. but like, can you put me in whenever you get an opening again? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just randomly meet up. We don't even need the podcast. Love okay. it. I love it. Please, we can do a sports one as long as Dan just doesn't mention the Bills, maybe. Oh, he will. He, yeah, the, 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 are you kidding? He is a Bills fan, possible. Jed. They cannot avoid it. They cannot avoid it. By the way, I did, I had a call. <laughs> I had a call with a guy. And my ringtone is the shout song when the Bills score a touchdown, which happens often now. Like with Zoom, you can't hear background noise anymore. So I saw he went to Canisius. I saw I went to a school in the Buffalo area. So when the ringtone went off, I was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I'm like, did you hear what? I'm like, I saw you went to school there. Are you from there? He's like, yeah. And then all like the next 10 minutes, we just totally broed out. And it was like, it was so awesome. God. That is awesome. Yeah. The bills. Anyway. Yeah, those guys. Um, thank you so much for joining us. That really was an enjoyable time. And <laughs> We're gonna we're definitely gonna have you back on. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And where can people find oh. you? Jed? Yes, on LinkedIn, Jen Double N, and then my last name Lubicki. Nice Polish name for you. So feel free and then reach out. I love to connect with people. I'm very curious. I like to ask questions. Love to chat. As you can tell, I don't shut up. So just reach out, please. Awesome. awesome, Jen. Thank you so much. If you've made it this far, you've reached the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.